Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And this will be short, because we want to hear from Pastor TJ. chapter 4, verse 17. See, I have this Bible that has on one side the King James and the other side the Amplified. So I think I'm looking at the right chapter and I'm actually looking at a different verse. 4.17 And this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their minds, having their understanding darkened. Why? Why is their understanding darkened? And that they are walking in the vanity of their minds. Why is it? But the scripture here answers that question, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. I just want to say a few words about being alienated from God's life. You know, the life of God is the lights of Jesus Christ. And we see this in John chapter 1, that Jesus Christ came and he was the light of men, the life of men. And when we get alienated or isolated or separated from the life of God, then what do we experience? We begin to experience inner death. And I was thinking this morning that the devil's strategy is to alienate you from the life of God on a, on a day-to-day basis so that we function in what we know about God and all the Bible verses that we know about God, but we don't function in the grace of God or we don't function in the life of God. The life of God is, is something that survives death. When Jesus was crucified... What happened? Like we sang in that last song, he was crucified, and then what happened? He rose from the dead, right, on the third day. And when he rose from the rose from the dead on the third day, in Romans chapter eight, verse eleven, it was the quickening of the Holy Spirit that rose him from the dead. When you and I face our life in the plan of God, it's very easy for us to face it without a cross and without a daily dying. Because when we, when we take up our cross in the morning, and you know the cross here, we celebrate the cross. We've got lots of them in our church. And the cross is the center of really of our Christianity. It is the cross that uh, tells us that God has interrupted man's linear living. God has interrupted our linear life, our day-to-day life, with his cross. And the, the purpose of the cross is that all of our fleshly striving, all of our fleshly endeavors, all of our uh, physical energy or all of our religious energy that we, uh, that we exert to please God because we want peace in our hearts, that all has to come to an end. And we have to really just rest in God's 
faithfulness and in God's finished work. Because if our day doesn't begin with a finished work, then the whole day we're just trying to finish something that God has already finished. How many times have we done that? We've felt guilty or we've felt out of place or dis, dislocated from fellowship with God, alienated from the life of God, and we just try to make it up, make up for it by religious works. How many have ever done that? I think every one of us in this room could, could say that, that, that we have sensed an, an alienation or an isolation or just not in contact with God and that causes darkness and vanity in our mind. The most important thing as a believer is that we define what our resources are. What are your resources? Our resources are more than financial. Our resources are more than physical. But our resources for our spiritual life come from God. And the resources are the Word of God, weekly fellowship. You know, I love it. I mean, it's great to see everyone coming out and just folks coming out and... Um, uh, I know so some folks, it's been tough for them to get out just because of their physical condition lately. But I think that the first thing that the devil wants to do is get you away from your Bible and get you away from your church. And that is by alienating us, cutting us off by using things that may not, may not necessarily be evil things, but just wrong priorities. If the devil can cut you off from fellowship and the grace of God, or cut you off from the Word of God, then you're gonna, you and I are going to start functioning in the vanity of our minds and in ignorance. And we're going to start functioning in what we know about God, but without the life of it. How many know the difference, about, the difference in your life about something that you know and the life of what you know? How many know what I'm talking about? The dead knowledge of what you know about God that just kind of maybe condemns us when we don't live up to it. And on the other hand... The life of God. You know when you leave church or you leave a great event and you're just filled with the life of God, right? You know the difference, right? Do we know that difference? Do you sense that difference? Yes? Hello? Yes. Anyone home? Can you hear me now? <laughs> Yesterday we did some visitation and we showed up at a couple of people's houses. Surprised. We surprised them. We went to Joy's house and we went to Bill and Candy's house and... Uh, you know, it was just so much fun. We had a good time and fellowshiped and just laughed with them. And, and uh, when I was done, I got in my car and was driving down the road. I was just like, I just really sensed like the life of God. I just felt the joy. And I heard that the Pilatus had like a big cookout at their house, right? Small. Small. Okay. What? It's, it's big, small. Okay. And, you know, that's the life of God, isn't it? Because if we are in the, if we are, are, if we're functioning in our resource of the life of God, then the details of your life and the pressures of your life and the problems that are going on become the right perspective, right? Don't they? Yeah. And because when God gets really small in our life, in Psalm 18, I believe it's Psalm 18, David said, my soul will magnify the Lord, right? When God is made great in our life, and when we exalt God's nature, and we worship God, and we fellowship in the body, and in our Bible, and in the grace of God, and we keep ourselves in the love of God, then you know what happens? God becomes very great in our life, and problems become very, very small. 
But when God becomes small and becomes something that is, that is, we just, um, we get cut off from his life, then we're on our own. Don't, and we're, do we sense like no capacity for life and we just sense no, no ability to, to, uh, to be able to approach details of our life and things become so, so, so big, you know, and the life of God is something that we can only experience. I'm going to close with this. The life of God is only something that we can experience at the cross. When we take all of our preferences and we take all of our rights and we take all of our opinions and we bring it to the cross. And before we say something or before we send that email or that text or that make that phone call or we see that person, before we communicate things, there is a filter in our life, isn't there? There's a filter, and that filter is called the cross. And that is where my two cents <laughs> dies at that cross, my opinions and my preferences. And then at that point, God begins to choose for our life. You know, life is so much more amazing when God is choosing for you and I, isn't it? God is choosing. You know, and we said this last week that when you let God choose your friends and when you let God choose your mates, and when you let God choose your, uh, the way that you take, then there's so much more joy and there's so much more peace in, in, the, uh, in the process. And that's, that's Proverbs 10 verse 22. That the Lord, the, that the, the blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow to it. Isn't that great? That when we allow God to, when we allow God to be God in our life, then at that point, we are not being cut off from the life of God. And, and our soul needs the life of God. It says in Ephesians 4, verse 23 here, it says, uh, let's look at verse 22, and put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that's a something, that is something that, um, we can learn as a believer, as a personal discipline in our daily life, to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. A lot of people live in their soul. A lot of people worship in their soul. A lot of people walk with God in their soul. And they don't know the difference between the spirit and the soul. The spirit is, the spirit of a man is that part of man that knows God, that has a conviction about things, and has a memory about things that never is forgotten. Uh, the spirit of a man is that part of man that in, in John chapter 4 that God wants us to worship there. The spirit of a man is, is, is not the soul of a man. The soul of a man is that part that he feels things, that he, that he knows himself, that he's aware of himself, and he's aware of what he wants and what his um, preferences are. If the Word of God is not governing our life, and if the cross is not something that we take up daily, and it's going to take us a lifetime to learn what that means, because I went to Bible school in the first six months. You know, I didn't. I didn't. It wasn't. I. It wasn't clicking to me. What is the cross, and what is that? But when we we take up a daily cross, then and we and the Word of God is governing our life. Then what happens is, is that we see a difference, we see a line drawn between that which is soulish and self-centered and self-aware and self-conscious versus that which is spiritual, which is God-conscious. And when we live in God-consciousness, 
the soul is not pulling us down. Just like the earth has gravity, you know the gravitational pull? Many of us have experienced that when we fell off things. We were falling down off a bike or a skateboard. I remember as a teenager, I had a skateboard and I lived on that thing. And I just, the, the worst thing was is when you would hit like a small pebble. You're just doing high speed and you just hit a small pebble and the skateboard would just stop. Like, stop, but you wouldn't. Your physical mass was still in the inertia of the momentum and you had a split second of, you know, feeling like you were flying. And I don't know why, what that illustration was supposed to be for, but that was just something I remember when I said that. And anyway, praise the Lord, huh? So the life of God is what we want. And when the cross comes in, where we become very God-conscious, and we lose self-awareness and self-consciousness, and that's what worship's about. You know, that's what worship is about. Worship is when we, when we come together, whether we're by ourselves or we're in the presence of other people, we're just like, we want to be, be aware of God and we want to be thinking with God. And that is why our worship is, is not both based on emotions, but it's based on the character and the nature of God. And it could be that when you are in the Spirit, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, it could be that you experience this great quietness of heart and great peace and great, and great inner joy. Amen? So... Let's just close with a word of prayer. And just for the offering today, we want to, um, we just want to encourage you that, uh, that um, you know, we have this promise that when we honor God with our finances, we bring all of our fears to the cross and we just say, you know what, I'm going to tithe anyway. I'm going to give God the offering anyway because when times are tough, it'd be so easy to think, you know, I can't afford that. But the real point is is that we cannot afford not to honor God with our tithes because if we honor God with the first 10 percent of our tithes and you know what happens God covers the rest of our finances and I bet every one of us in this church could get up one after another and just say you know what when I honored God with my finances God always took care of me amen so let's just honor God with that and and uh, and just thank the Lord for this offering Lord we thank you that you're in control of your work in our lives, Lord, and we can just trust you. Lord, we thank you, God, that, that our steps are being ordered by the Lord and that the way of a man is not within himself. And sometimes when we analyze the plan of God in our life, there's a lot of question marks, but there's no question mark about the nature of God. We can just take steps in the way that God orders for us. We thank you for this church. We just thank you for each amazing person here today. Think of Candy's family as, they, as she lost her dad last week. God, we just pray for comfort and just your peace and unity in the family, God, as they are just freshly after the funeral. And just pray for comfort for Candy and the family. Lord, we also want to just pray for our coming summer, Lord, just for your hand in it. God, because unless the Lord builds the house, they that labor, labor in vain. And just bless the rest of our service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.